I'm Maggie Tomasek, and who the fuck are you? <laughs> Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends, folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Who the fuck are you? Hello, dear friend, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? I am your host, Kevin Alvis. Hi, how's it going? Hey, I haven't been here for a while, and I'm so sorry it's been a minute, but life has been crazy, but things are getting back on track. We're winding down the new year, and here we are with another episode. And it's a good one, too. Uh, I'm very happy I got to sit down to talk to this person. We had many times where things happened to keep us from having our interview, but hey, third time's the charm, so it'll be a good one. Uh, I also have some kind of sad news, but also some big good news at the same time. Unfortunately, this is going to be the last episode of Who the Fuck Are You? That's the bad part. The good part, it's because there's a lot of new stuff coming from Big Talk Podcast uh, down the pipeline in our new year. Unfortunately, Who the Fuck Are You? is going away, but that's going to be replaced by three brand new shows, plus our existing show, Junk Drawer, that I host along with my friend Josh Segorin. So there's a lot of new stuff coming up soon uh, that I really need to turn my focus to. So I'm going to be stepping away from Who the Fuck Are You? and bringing in these three brand new shows. On top of that, I've started producing a live storytelling show right here in Chicago. At the, Our home base is at our sponsor, Howard Street Brewing, at 1617 West Howard Street in Chicago. Uh, the show is every fourth Tuesday of the month, and I bring in some of the best storytellers from Chicago and tell them to take a true personal story, but turn that into fiction. The show is called Based on a True Story. So far, we've had two shows. It's been a lot of fun, and I'll go ahead and say that one of the new shows that's coming to uh, Big Talk Podcast is the recorded version of Based on a True Story. So if you get to make it out to see a show, uh, if you're in Chicago and you really like the story, it'll be coming uh, in a podcast form next year. If you don't get to make it out to see a certain show, never fear that recording will be out and you can catch that. So we've got all this stuff coming. So unfortunately, Who the Fuck Are You is going to be taking a step back. But like I said, follow us, stick with us. We've got a lot of great stuff coming for you. As for this episode, I'm getting to sit down with a comedian, writer, and one-fourth of one of the greatest cover bands of all times, She's Crafty, the all-female Beastie Boys cover band. Please welcome to the show, Maggie Tomasek. Hello, Maggie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty Great. Good. Yeah. Um, we have been trying to do this for, it feels like 14 years. Yeah. Uh, the, the first time we tried to talk, my computer crashed. Uh, the second time we tried to talk, um, the world came down around us in a huge, crazy storm. And I was having tornado drills and tornado sirens for hours that night over here in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, today it tried again because my allergies were acting up. Or I'm getting a little bit of a cold, and it was like, you're not going to talk to Maggie tonight. I'm like, fuck, I'm not talking to Maggie tonight. <laughs> I know. My allergies are pretty bad right now, too. Oh, so <laughs> terrible. It's fucking terrible. Maggie, I appreciate you uh, making some time for me. I've been wanting to sit down and talk to you for quite a long time, because I think uh, you have one of the coolest things <laughs> around that you do, and I've and I've seen you perform, and you're fucking 
fantastic. But we'll get into that in a few minutes. Uh, I just kind of wanted to... This podcast is really all about showcasing artists from Chicago or in Chicago or attached to Chicago in some way, because I think Chicago itself breeds a special kind of artist. And I know you're not originally from Chicago. If I read correctly, you're from uh, Nebraska, correct? That's right. Omaha. What what was it that drew you to the Chicago scene? Because, I mean, there's other cities like New York and L.A. and all of California where the arts are thriving and things. What was it about Chicago that drew you to here? And not only because you've been here for a while now. If I read what was it, 2000? Yeah. Was it today, nine? Today is my 13th anniversary. In- hey, all right. Happy anniversary. Thank you. So what was it that brought you here and not only brought you here kept you here for 13 years so uh what initially brought me here was my ex-husband um (laughs) they'll do that yeah yeah so um you know they got a job here and and i moved with them and you know i wasn't really an artist before that okay um i've always loved uh I've always loved comedy. I've always like I was obsessed with stand-up comedy when I was a kid. Like I watched oh, me a too. lot oh, of yeah. Comedy Central, lot of HBO half-hour specials that maybe I shouldn't have been watching. Oh, uh, I forgot about the HBO half-hour specials. <laughs> I was a big fan of the um, the MTV half-hour comedy hour that mm-hmm. would come on around mm-hmm. like four or five o'clock in the afternoon right after school, oh, yeah. and I'd rush home to see. And I've seen a bunch of people like Janine Garofalo's when she first started oh, like, yeah. back then. It was Absolutely. such a great. Great time. Great time for comedy. So yeah, so when I came to Chicago, you know, didn't really know many people. And I'd had a friend who um, had taken the Feminine Comique, you know, all, you know, female stand-up comedy class. Mm -hmm. She really liked it. I was super interested in giving it a shot. And I also was like, I want to make some friends and meet people. (laughs) Um, And so I did that. And that is, you know, that was kind of the, the start of my journey into being an artist, I guess. So, yeah. Had you never been to Chicago before? or I had was just it, to uh, visit a couple times. Um, and again, the few times that I had been here, always going to shows. Um, mm-hmm. I think the first show I went to in Chicago, I went and saw the Sklar Brothers at Shuba's. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was like my first show in Chicago. And then, you know, went to like a couple of concerts and, you know, things like that whenever I'd be like passing through and visiting friends or anything before I moved here. And just fell in love and was like, all right, this is it. This is worth going there, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, I love the city and I, my uh, ex-husband, you know, and I like, we split, but I, I stayed in Chicago anyway. Um, Cause I, you know, built such a good community of people through, through performing, through the arts and, um, you know, just kind of like built my own network here and also been like thriving in my day job career. And I just, I love Chicago. Like I just, there's not really anywhere else I want to move to, honestly. It's a, it's a solid city. I mean, it's, it's got its problems. Don't get me wrong, sure. but uh, you know, who doesn't, you right. know, that kind of thing. Uh, I think I read, cause you just said you, when you moved here, you were an artist. Um, and I think I read somewhere where you were a journalist prior to, is that correct? I was. Mm-hmm. So writing, cause I know that's, I know you from, uh, I, we've met through Write Club and I know you do a lot mm-hmm. of live lit. And uh, as you said, some stand up comedy, um, when did, uh, writing kind of hit you in your life? Cause I mean, that's, that's the gateway drug into comedy mm-hmm. and things like live lit and stuff like that is just being able to sit down and really kind of tell the story of the facts. But you know, and now in this world, 
a little more funny. Um, what was the thing that drove you in, uh, that pulled you into writing as a younger? Was that something you did in high school a lot, or did you find that in college? Yeah, no, I writing started very early for me. Um, I was a huge reader and then became a very uh, avid writer too. I was always writing like fake novels, you know, when I was oh, you know, eight years old or something. I won a couple silly writing contests in school oh, when awesome. I was a kid. Like this is one of my favorites. I think it was in, I don't know, first, first or second grade. I wrote a story about how um, there was this couple who didn't have any kids mm-hmm. therefore they couldn't take the garbage out they didn't have anyone to take the garbage out <laughs> so there because like that's what okay. my brother did that was his chore was taking the trash out. so i was like well if they didn't have any kids they wouldn't have anyone to take the trash out so the story was they didn't have any kids to take the trash out and they had all this garbage in their house so then ultimately they went to the orphanage and adopted a son so that he could take their trash out <laughs> That was uh that was my story and I won I love the, like it. you know district writing contest award or something yeah and how old how old were you at that time was what was that like seven years old oh so because that well that makes sense to a seven year old especially because you it's it's a plus b you know I've got this brother he does garbage uh-huh. his brother's not here who's no doing the garbage who's gonna do the garbage yeah I'm not doing the garbage that's not part of my job list yeah totally. you know so but yeah writing was always uh something I loved doing and then in high school I started working in the high school newspaper and fell in love with the journalistic side of writing um Mm -hmm. you know and uh in particular it was a sports writer so oh really um, mm -hmm, that's how i started out so i uh, started out as a sports writer and copy editor and then ultimately i i became a copy editor and designer and that was what i did um in sports sections at uh daily newspapers so i worked at a newspaper in upstate new york right out of college so was it that love of stand-up that kind of took that writing and 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 pushed that into more of that comedy aspect did you really just one day say fuck it i want to give this a shot or did you have some like nudging from friends that were like hey you're funny you should give this a shot you know that kind of thing i mean i'd always i'd always had you know a great time making my friends laugh and, mm-hmm. uh, and again, like I said, I always loved, you know, like watching stand-up comedy. I thought I was pretty funny, a good writing. Um, I thought even if I'm not good at the comedy part of it, like I'll get better at public speaking and, you know, mm-hmm. meeting strangers and some of those kinds of things. But I, you know, I've always had a pretty good sense of humor and I was pretty sure I'd be okay at it and that I would mm-hmm. like it. Uh, and, you know, I really took the, um, I took that, uh, that love of the, the, the other thing too with me is, um, being a journalist and being a copy editor, like you really are writing concisely. Mm-hmm. And that is so, uh, that's such a key component of standup is like, how can you say the funniest things in like the shortest number of words you know gotcha gotcha so that was always a a, like a a good um challenge for me too like trying to figure out how to how to make that happen and it seems to be working for you because i mean you've been you did some stand-up you've been doing stand-up comedy for a bit you were also hit the live lit scene because i've i I know you from right club we Mm -hmm. competed in right club together um and then you were also i saw where you were a part of a that uh show called misspoken Mm -hmm. uh that focused on all uh female writers in chicago area uh 
what pulled you from that comedy scene into that live lit scene? Because, I mean, they all kind of, it seems like they kind of run together in a wonderful, like, party family. Uh, but they are kind of different. There's a there's a difference in the in the writing style. Oh, um, yeah. Was that your journalism side also meshing with your stand-up side? Yeah, it really was. And I didn't realize, I mean, like so many people, I didn't know that live lit was a thing. Like, I didn't, right. that was a thing that existed. And mm-hmm. when I found out about it, I was like, oh, this is actually perfect for me. Um you know, because it is more of that longer form storytelling, still getting to to be funny, still getting to figure out how to say things, uh, you know, in a concise way, but getting to like weave it out as a longer story. Because the other thing too, like my favorite comedians are really those storytelling comedians. Like Michael mm-hmm. Biglia is my favorite, oh, you know, comedian so of all time. He's so who, good who doesn't really do stand-up. He does like one-man shows, you know? Yeah, it's it really is just a one-man like monologue, but it's like a storytelling day that mm-hmm. also happens to be a stand-up set. And it's mm-hmm. really, he does really good work. That I, I enjoy him a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously I'm nowhere near as good as him, but the same, but that concept was, I loved what, what he did. And then the idea of this, um, you know, little like longer form writing, and getting to tell these stories, you know, working in comedy and drama and, you know, earnestness and snarkiness and getting to do all of that stuff in one, I loved. Um, and the the thing too about the live lit scene, as you know, in Chicago, it's so supportive. And that is also the big difference in my experience from mm-hmm. uh, doing stand-up versus doing live lit, where... You know, because stand-up is, they're both individual sports, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're on your own, you're writing those things. But stand-up really did always felt very individual. And everyone's kind of like, all right, I'm going in. I got to do my five minutes. Maybe I'll stick around and watch other people. But I got to, you know, I got to hit like five open mics and, you know, get my right. time. And Live Lit was like, no, it's like one night. We're all together and everyone's super supportive and if you're on the lineup, like you stick around and, you know, you become, it's it's just like a little bit more camaraderie for me, at least in Mm -hmm. in that scene. And that was another thing that really, um, that I really loved about the Chicago live lit scene. As a, as somebody who came from that journalism background, because, um, and not necessarily a performer or an artist, what was it like for you that first time you got, because I mean, I know performing is terrifying. Performing the stuff that you've written is double terrifying. So what was it for you when you got up on that stage that really pulled you into it? Was, was there, how was that first time for you? So I'll, I guess I'll, I'll talk about both. So um, the first time really doing stand-up uh, on a stage and not in a classroom setting, I did an open, the open mic at Kohl's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very legendary open mic in the city of Chicago. And absolutely at the time that open mic was run by Cameron Esposito and Adam Burke. And, oh, wow. um, and, uh, you know, I got on at like 1am or something ridiculous because, you know, <laughs> it was my very it's first open late mic. Night open mics, yeah. There's a bajillion people and it was one of the, one of the most popular and I think still is, you know, like one of the longest running open mics in the city. 
So we got on at like one and, you know, there's probably like 10 people in the room still. Most everyone is just like still waiting for their turn to go on at one mm-hmm. and on a Wednesday. And I was so nervous, but I remember an Adam Burke, I mean, incredible Chicago comic, like, absolutely, you know, total legend and just couldn't be nicer. Couldn't have been more supportive. And I remember making him laugh and being like, okay, this is, this is pretty good. I don't remember if I got any other laughs. I don't, you know, like I have no memory of that, but I remember that he did laugh at one of my, one of my bits and I was like, okay, I think I could, I think I want to try and do this again. What, and what a great first laugh to really pull you in. Yeah. And then with, with live lit, I, uh, um, my first time performing that again, legendary show, uh, story club back when, Mm -hmm. uh, Dana Norris was running it at the, uh, at uncommon ground. And it was, um, you know, they would do an open mic for them. So if you weren't on the lineup, you'd still have a chance to, um, get to tell a story and they'd you'd like put your name in the hat and they'd draw a couple people to do like the open mic part. And I got up to tell my story there and that felt, I felt so comfortable. Like I was nervous. There were a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, quasi big deal people in the Chicago storytelling scene. Like I think Shannon Kaysen told a story that night and I was completely oh. blown away. And um, look at me with all my old school name dropping here. Hey, I was about to say Shannon Kaysen was, he performed the first night I performed at a uh, right club and I'd met him that night, started listening to his podcast. And it was like shortly thereafter, he just blew up. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I got to perform as Shannon Kaysen. I know. Cause he's I know. amazing. He's so good. He's so fucking good at what he does. I know. He's amazing. And just like, couldn't be nicer, but um, right. so yeah. So like that night I got up to tell my little story and it was a story that I tried to do a stand up, and it hadn't really worked before, but it was a you know, and, but it worked as like live lit storytelling and people really loved it. And I felt so, again, I was nervous, but I, mm-hmm. but I felt much more at home in that, in that environment, in that room, in that, um, in that, uh, in that medium, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that just really like, hit home for me. And then I, at that point it was like, well, I guess I'll do stand up a couple times a year, just, you know, for funsies and just right. keep that, keep that muscle, uh, in shape. But then I really just went full bore into, into storytelling for a few years there. Um, outside of your comedy and your live lit, which it sounds like you hopefully will be getting uh, back into now that the pandemic's over with. Um, you are one part of, I think, one of the coolest groups ever, and that group is called She's Crafty. Chicago is, and is it the only all-female Beastie Boys cover band? As far as we know, we're the only ones. Uh. I fucking love that. I love Beastie Boys. I remember when License to Ill came out when I was in uh, elementary school. And then as I got a little older, uh, my wife I got me it really big into the Paul's Boutique album, which is a mwah, chef's kiss of yeah, an album. Yeah, good thing you're here. Um, that's, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, how did all of this come about? Like, Because I know 
that you have, how, you're what four strong or three strong in Treescraft? So we're four strong because you know three MCs and one DJ. That's right. That's right. Because you got to cover all the bases. That's right. How did the four, how did the four of you come together in this love of Beastie Boys? So well, uh, we all met through the Chicago comedy scene, and oh, God, that's um, awesome. I uh, so I had taken, as I said, that stand up comedy class when I first moved to Chicago in 2010. And um, I took that class, and Amy Sumter was in that class, who's who is legendary, amazing, so Chicago comic, so funny. And um, and we became pals in there. And the night of our graduation show, we were out having a drink. BC Boys came on, and I said, "This BC Boys are my favorite band." And she said, "They're one of my favorite bands too." And I have this other friend, Kendra, and we've kind of been joking about how we should start an all female. Uh, Beastie Boys tribute band and I was like count me in that sounds great ha 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 cut to like a year later (laughs) Um, and then we all met and we got together like once or twice and just like listened to a bunch of Beastie Boys and we're like oh this is is pretty fun like I don't know what we would do maybe we'd just be like the variety act for somebody's like cabaret show or something Mm -hmm. and then in uh, May 2012, um, Adam Yauch died, uh, mm. sadly, MCA of the BC. RIP. And at that time, we were like, okay, we have to do this for real because now we can never see the Beastie Boys perform again. Mm-hmm. And we want to keep the spirit of the Beastie Boys alive and, um, and everything that they represent to us, both musically, politically, you know, just as artists. And so we started practicing in my basement and we learned a few songs and we had such low aspirations. I cannot stress to you how <laughs> low our aspirations and expectations were when we started. And we were like, I don't know, you know, cause we knew all these, these people from the Chicago comedy scene, you know, improv sketch, live lit, you know, stand up. We're like, well, you know, someone will let us, have some stage time and we'll do some goofy stuff and do a couple songs and that'll be fun and we did a couple shows like that and people went crazy like people loved us and we were like oh this could be like a real we could be like a real band and so but like you know with the first few shows we had like we didn't have microphones we didn't you know we were just like shouting from the stage at like the conservatory is the you know, act in between two improv shows, you know, again, very, very, very modest beginnings. Um, But we were like, I don't know, I think we can really be a band here. So uh, a friend of a friend um, was a DJ, uh, her name is Sarah T. And she was like, yeah, I would love to, I would love to be in a cover band that sounds super fun. And so we started rehearsing with a DJ. We like got wireless microphones and, you know, we learned a bunch of new songs and, um, and then we started getting shows in like real rock clubs. Our our first real rock club show, and uh-huh. this is a podcast, but I am using air quotes, uh, was at the Mutiny, uh, if you'll recall that, uh, that place. Yeah, the Mutiny was like a real grimy, small, uh, you know, rock club venue on Western, like Western and Fullerton. Um, you know, like oh, yeah. The, ca- yeah. the the roof's like caving in and there's like, Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. True dive bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a dive bar with the stage in the back. 
and we had like six songs. So, you know, that's like, and BC Boy songs are very short. So it was like 20 minutes. And, uh-huh. and we're like, okay, I guess we can do the show. But, you know, all of our friends came, some strangers too. And we had a great time. And then it just kind of kept rolling from there. And, you know, we kept uh, getting a little bit bigger and more legit. And, and then Sarah T, she ended up um, moving back to LA. So we, you know, we're on the hunt for a new DJ. But at that point, again, now we, now we're starting to make friends in the Chicago music, mm-hmm. not just yep. the Chicago comedy scene. And uh, it took us a long time to actually see see ourselves as part of the music scene because we all you know i'm like are we really because i mean it's like yeah we just did this for funsies yeah we're not yeah and then you know the classic thing or it's like you're not really a band because you don't play any instruments so we started uh we would we always joke that our voices are instruments and also (laughs) um we uh we might not be a band but we're definitely a musical group and so um, all of our rehearsals, we call musical group practice or MGP mm-hmm. for short. And we've been saying that for 10 years. <laughs> so, um, And that's the thing. Yeah. You have been around. You just this summer celebrated your 10-year anniversary. That's right. That's right. And that's got to be my, for something I love. That's, again, going back to the, the beginning of the show, one thing I do love about Chicago is like, this is the kind of city where you can be like, I think I want to start a all-female Beastie Boys cover band. And then 10 years later, because I know that you've also been to New York to play, like, what was it? Uh, was it the MC Day, Day mm-hmm. they celebrate there? You've played there. I know this because uh, my friend lives, uh, my friend Michelle Foytek. Hi, Michelle, if you're listening. Um, she lives in New York, and she is a huge Beastie Boys fan. She hit me up. She's like, this group is from Chicago. Have you ever heard of them? I'm like, I, that was when I was actually working with Amy on a podcast. And I was like, I'm working with one of the women from that group right now. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so you have been, like, around working this out. Yeah. It blows my mind. I, and and I'd, love, I'd love to hear those kind of success stories of, like, just we had an idea. So we thought we'd give it a shot. Flash forward 10 years later, you're playing Beastie Boys Celebration Days. You're traveling across the country to do this stuff. You're known in Chicago. You're the only all-female cover band for Beastie Boys in the world. And it just it's an amazing journey. Uh, the one major question I think I had is how do y'all decide which musician are you going to cover are you like oh i got downs on ad rock or do you got i got downs on these lines or or does it change certain songs or how do y'all decide how you're going to break it down amongst you so we're always the same doing the same parts and okay you know i think about this uh i'm trying to remember and people ask us this you know a fair amount but i i don't remember there were being any sort of debate like it was just so very obvious <laughs> who we all were gonna be, you know. It's almost like oh, that's amazing. It's almost like the Sex in the City. Like, are you a Samantha or are you a Carrie? It's like, <laughs> obviously, I'm the Ad Rock of the group, and like, obvious, you know. And so, um, and and our names just kind of fell with it too. Like we picked, you know, which parts we were gonna be, and then we were like, oh, our stage names like fit perfectly. So, I'm Ad Rock, aka Mag Rock. Uh, Amy oh. is MCA, aka MC Amy, and then Kendra is Mike D, or we saw Ken D. And so, mm. um, and she gets respect. Oh yeah, sure. you know, Damn. yeah, Captain Julie is what she expects. So, 
And then, you know, we've got, and then I should mention too. So I was, I got a little sidetracked because I get excited talking about this, but um, right? we ultimately ended up um, another uh, woman in the Chicago comedy scene, Erica Reed, um, who had, has done, uh, you know, all of the um, like uh, impress these apes and, you know, a million different uh, bizarre yet amazingly hilarious uh things in the Chicago comedy scene, you know, came up doing improv and sketch. Um, she just like came up to us at the Chicago Women's Funny Festival one year. And she was like, I hear you're looking for a new DJ. I love the Beastie Boys. I love y'all. You know, we've met her, you know, from being around. I want to mm-hmm. learn how to be a DJ and be your new DJ. And we were like, that sounds awesome. And so she's been with us now for, for eight years as well. And she was honestly like the last piece of this puzzle that has just made it even more amazing than it was to begin with. And uh, it's just the most fun thing in the world because we're just like doing bits and singing Beastie Boys songs and, you know, dancing our faces off and, you know, screaming into microphones and all over, like you said, you know, we, we perform a lot in Chicago. We just had our, Mm-hmm. 10 year anniversary show at Shuba's in September. Um, you know, we played street festivals and, and then we also do, cause again, we all have day jobs. We're all, right. We're all like of course. Real professional. Um, but you know, we perform at, uh, you know, kind of regionally. So like Madison, South Bend, Des Moines, Omaha, you know, obviously Chicago suburbs, um, you know, travel Cincinnati, we've played. So just kind of like, if we can do a road trip there on a weekend, like, do uh-huh. it. so what's the, what's the coolest gig you've had? Like what, what's the coolest show that you've played? Like, do you have one? You're like, that was a really fucking solid night where the crowd was just on. You guys were on the venue was hot. Yeah. It's such a, it's a hard, uh, choice. One of my favorite shows of all time was, uh, we played, Revolution Brewing's um, Oktoberfest. I think it was the first one that they did when it was actually like in the back of their, of the brewery on Kedzie there. Mm -hmm. And the people at Revolution like could not have been cooler and nicer. And we drank so much beer out of these big (laughs) signs. And man, that show was so much fun. But that's a killer night. It's really, really hard. It's really hard to, to pick this one. Um, our shows in Des Moines are always really amazing. It's it's so funny. Everyone's just like, we're all... Des Moines, yeah, Iowa. Yeah, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, really? Yeah, and I, I lived in Des Moines for years. I worked for the Des Moines Register. That was one of my first jobs. I was a, okay. at, at that newspaper. So I still have some friends there. But, uh, but you know, most of the people there aren't people that I know. But we, we've sold out, I think, every time we've played in Des Moines for some reason. They just really oh, love us amazing. there. It's super fun uh, to like roll into that town and have people be really psyched to see us. I bet it's fun too to go in and change a lot of minds because I've seen you guys. I've mm-hmm. I've seen y'all perform. Y'all are fucking like on point. Like if it's it's like watching the Beastie Boys. I mean, you're you're there hitting every beat. Boom, boom, boom. Um, I'm sure you've had a lot of people that were like there that, that were skeptical. Like, is, is it fun? Have you seen the faces of the, the minds you've changed when they, they were like, she's crafty, all female beastie boys. I'm sure you probably had some fucking, probably some old assholes like, come on, you fucking bullshit. Uh And uh then, 
at the end of the night probably come up to you and just be like, you're fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I just, I do want to, I do want to preface this and say, don't ever do this to a band. Don't ever come up to him and say, I really thought you were going to suck, but you were great. Like, don't do that. Uh, Don't do that. A lot of people would do that to us. (laughs) Jesus Uh, Christ. I know, I know. But it was, it is really fun to see, you'd see like dudes like standing there with their arms folded and just like, what's this shit? Like, oh. (laughs) And then it's always like three songs in, they let down the veneer and are like, okay, this is a good time. And then, you know, we're having a good time. But yeah, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times that's happened to us just all the time. Um, And it happens less and less now, I think, because we've been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And even though we have people come to our shows who've never seen us before, more and more, it's people who are coming to our shows because someone has told them to come to a show or I've heard that your shows are fun. Um, some of those people who just kind of like took a chance on us before we did anything, I'm a little bit more, um, you know, I understand, you know, maybe they were a little bit more skeptical, but. uh, Oh yeah. That word of mouth really is the best way to go. It'll always will be, especially if you get the right friend to sell you on it. Like you have to go see Shady's Crafty, which I'll tell anyone listening, you have to go see. (laughs) I, I was very upset. I can't remember what it was, but something came up and I was not able to make it to your show, the 10 year show. And I was sad for a couple of days because it had been on the calendar for a long time, but the, something had come up that was like super important. I was like, but it's the She's Crafty Day. And I was so pissed because I was waiting for so long for it. So uh, I'm really excited to uh, see y'all again, whenever y'all are performing again, which we'll talk about in one half second. But I, I just got to know too, have has word of She's Crafty made it back to the any of the original members of Beastie Boys? Have you heard, like have they made contact or they have like anything like that happened to you yet? Because I mean, come on, you've been around for ten years and you're a fucking awesome, unique group. Yeah. And at some point, somebody should have been like, "Hey guys, check this out." Uh, we're pretty sure that they've heard of us. Um, we have a couple. We're like I don't know, like three de- three degrees away from them. We've met you know a number of people who. Uh, who like either worked with them or like know someone who worked with them. Um, so we're pretty sure they know who we are. We haven't had mm-hmm. any like direct contact with them, but we also haven't gotten any like cease and desist letters. So uh, that's always a plus. A plus. Um, but yeah, we're pretty sure that they that they've heard about us and know that we exist, um, but we haven't had any actual contact with them uh if you're listening beastie boys you call them you call them right now and y'all do something together a collab would be amazing i would lose my fucking i know well we always joke like half the time we'll just like jokingly leave tickets at the door for them you know be like yeah can you just like leave some tickets for adam horowitz and you know michael diamond um but we always joke that like if they ever did actually show up to the show like we would i we would just be like, well, I guess we got to shut it down now. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what else are we going to do? Yeah. So do you have social media? Like if, yep. if for you and for the band itself, could you yeah, tell everybody so, about your social media? And you media? can find us on all social media at She's Crafty Shy. That's She's Crafty C-H-I, because as we always say, clearly we are not shy. Um, no. But yeah, you can find, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, on all the socials there, you can find us. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the best way to, 
to keep up with what we're what we're what we got going on. Fantastic. I love it. Everybody go check that out. Uh, Maggie, we have come to the second part of the show. Uh, it's the tail end of the show, and it's a little section that I like to call Same Three Questions. Same Three Questions. All right. And these are three questions that I ask all of my guests. I like to learn more about you by finding out your answers to these questions. So question number one, if you could transform into an animal, which animal would that be and why? Great question. Um, Mm. Am I, well, I mean, I love dogs so much, but I would probably say a penguin. (laughs) Penguins are are probably my favorite zoo animal. Um, And they they get the uh they get to spend a lot of time in the water which i love i love swimming i think that is just really freeing um and then also spending time on on land and they just seem to um have good relationships with one another penguins like they always seem just like really jovial hanging out together and they're always so well dressed oh yeah just always dressed just always dapper um but yeah i i like and I don't love the cold, but like penguins are built for the cold. And so in that way, like, like I love snowboarding and skiing and like being in mm-hmm. the elements is fine if you're like dressed for it. And so I think when you're a penguin, you're like prepared for the elements and like, you can just like slide on your stomach on the ice and, you know, just, uh, having, having a good time there. So all right, penguin. I think you might be the first penguin that we've had as far as that answer goes. So that's great. That's great. Awesome. One for one. So far, you're doing great. You got Thank the answer you. right. Thank you. Uh, penguin was the right answer. Okay. Uh, question number two. Uh, what's the one language that you already don't speak that you wish you could speak fluently? Oh, um, I'd probably go French. Mm-hmm. Uh, it confounds me. Um, I've been to, I've been to France, I've been to Paris and I can read it, but I just, I cannot understand the pronunciation. It is an enigma to me, a mystery to me. I, uh, I remember being on the, on the Metro and seeing the sign for, uh, uh, one of the stops. And if you sounded it out in English, it looked like male Sherby's. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea how to pronounce this. And then, you know, they come over the speaker and they tell you like next stop, whatever. And it was like, Meshia. Like, <laughs> there's like 14 letters in there that you did not say. It, just, it really confounds me. But I think it's such a beautiful sounding language. Oh, yeah. And, oh, gotcha. Uh, and I just, I would love that. I tried really hard to learn a few phrases when I went. And I, I had a couple, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd really love to be able to speak French fluently, I think. Oddly enough, yeah, that was the answer, French. Right, so, cool, uh, cool. so so far, you're doing great. great. Two for two, two for two. Uh, let's see if you can get three for three here. Um, so number three, hey, Maggie, ham or turkey? I'm going to go turkey. Yeah, I'm gonna so sorry, the answer was the answer was ham. Ooh, uh, ham yeah. was Let me answer. tell you why, though. Uh all right. Well, All right. When I think of ham or turkey, it seems like a very uh, Thanksgiving and or Christmas esque, you know, debate. Um, and I know that 
you can get turkey kind of anytime you want at your standard deli or whatever. But if mm-hmm. we're talking in these occasions, I'm talking about the dark meat turkey. Mm, okay. You're talking real turkey, meat. not this deli turkey. No, no, no. Not deli turkey. Not even like a, a breast. I'm talking about like a nice dark meat thigh from your Thanksgiving turkey. Like that is where Ooh, it's at. Good stuff. Um, and I am I am a I'm a dark meat gal for all of my poultry just in general it's just it's so much more i know people hate this word i'm sorry listeners it's so much more moist it's so much more tender (laughs) flavorful but it is like i've recently got into a friend of mine got me into um yogurt marinated chicken thighs to throw Mm. on the grill and they just it's it's that kind of juicy moist where you're like is this cooked all the way through because my chicken should be dry if it is or my bird should be dry if it is but no not a thigh a thigh is always juicy you could cook that shit for 14 hours and still be like this is pretty good yeah but yeah okay i'll i'll buy that answer still ham and you didn't get that point but Mm. okay Great answer on the turkey. I'll, I'll back you on that. So, um, one more time, where can we find uh, She's Crafty information, uh, website, and social media? Yeah, she's craftyshy.com. That's she's crafty, C H I.com, or on social media at she's crafty shy. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Finally, for the third time's the yeah. charm. I'm so glad we got to connect. Um, uh, go check out She's Crafty, everybody. Maggie, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thank you. I'm a huge fan of Maggie Tomasek. Please go find them on all their social media. Find out when She's Crafty is playing next. And I'm don't sleep on this. Don't fuck around. Go see them because they are fucking amazing. If you even tiny bit like the Beastie Boys, get your ass out and go find She's Crafty. So fucking great. Uh, and go find Maggie uh, on her nights where she's doing live lit or any kind of stand up. Because also on, on the other side of that, she's fucking awesome too. So go just all around. Have a great fucking time. Well, that about does it for this last episode. Uh, as always, I would love to thank my dear friends, Mr. Jason Moody, for my kick-ass theme song, and my dear friend, Miss Corbett Pasco, for my three-question stinger. Um, hey, it's been a fucking great time doing this show, and I appreciate everybody who's listened. Like I said, follow Big Talk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Um, check out our website at bigtalkchicago.com. That's where all our other shows are uh, and uh, everything that will be coming up. You'll find that there. Uh, and uh, you can always keep in touch at bigtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, I say, you know what? Let's keep learning more about the artists in Chicago. Why don't you ask them that age-old question? Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.